to play The winner takes it all The loser standing small Beside the victory That's her destiny I was in your arms Thinking I belong there I figured it made sense Building me a fence Building me a home Thinking I'd be strong there But I was a fool Laying by the rules The gods may throw a dice Their minds as cold as ice And someone we Six in the 505 and more 411 here for your third hour. I'm Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk on AM 1600. KIVABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. A little music uh, from a bygone era that I wish music was still that good. That is ABBA. You know, we use ABBA in religion, ABBA father. We use uh, ABBA. But we also say ABBA uh, when we say we talk about great uh, Swedish supergroups. the uh, best-selling album of all time, uh, or one of them, I should say, and one of the best-selling groups is ABBA. And they were nominated for a Grammy yet again this year. That one called The Winner Takes It All. We're talking about the gubernatorial election with Greg Zanetti, and I was screaming at the TV. I'm like, Greg, you got this. Just turn your mic. Turn your mic over so we can hear all your brilliance coming out of the microphone. I, I can't hear you on the debate, Greg. Greg, turn it. So, Thanks, Eddie. Truth be told, Greg was here with Eric, and Eric did a great job. I, I was he out did. of town. I was out of town, whatever. And uh, Greg was talking. He had all these great things. And his his microphone was just over there, not in front of his oh, mouth. Confused. And then and then Greg, Greg's like, you know what? I want to know what Ethel thinks. I'm like, oh no, that's like not the person I want to talk to. I'm like, Greg, your performance, in my opinion, was the best of uh, all the candidates out there. But I wasn't surprised. Uh, I thought you did well, uh, very well in the debate. And. How did you like the debate? You weren't allowed in the studio. I thought that that was a little bit unfortunate that we don't get to see the candidates side by side. Bias much, KOAT? I, I thought that was not good. And a lot of people have probably come to you and said, was KOB trying to sabotage you? Um, there's a lot of stuff out there, but you have been super positive during yes. this entire time. You've just been wanting to run just to, 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 run, to make the state a better place. Right. You've been there on the anti-vax front, the anti-mask front, right. uh, the anti-shutdown front. I mean, like you had all that stuff. We were talking about something about salinated water. And I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> Take the salt out of it. <laughs> I don't even know what we were talking about. All I know is that we weren't talking about issues that were that important. So who, who you get to uh, the full run for 45 minutes to talk about the, those issues. So congratulations on the great performance, but we can only hear that much sometimes. <laughs> Greg, we've been listening to you for two years. You're making an ask of our audience and, um, you know, let's have some fun. Has this been a pretty, uh, you know, there's only one person that can come out and uh, you really feel like you running a super positive campaign talking about the issues is the way to go. According to the polls, that's not the way it is, but you're, you're hearing something totally different. Well, well, we are. And, you know, the poll. We look at the polls and think, wait, that's a month old. That's three weeks old. We weren't even up on TV, radio, or newspaper yet. Okay. 
And now here are Las Vegas odds. Las Vegas runs odds on these ra- on these races, as you know. I, and, I didn't know that. Yeah, even New Mexico gubernatorial odds. You know, we have moved into second place, and so it's really, like, yeah. What are your odds? I don't know. I was just told we were moved into second oh, place. Okay, okay, all right. <laughs> Not all right. We'll take it. <laughs> and so, what does it mean? I, I don't know. Everybody's saying they're fighting for New Mexico. My gosh, Eddie, how long have we heard people saying, I'm going to fight for New Mexico? And what's all this fighting gotten us? We're last in everything. Yeah, maybe it's time we cooperate for New Mexico. Maybe it's time we work together for New Mexico. Maybe it's time someone had a plan just besides beating up on the other side or beating up on our own side. And so this message that we're putting out on, all right, we're last economically. What are we going to do about it? right, we've got natural resources, let's use them. We've got brilliant minds. Let's bring them into this state, keep them in this state and watch what you do when you put these two things together. And yeah, I I use water. I've used water from the very beginning that that was going to be an epic issue for this state. And now suddenly everybody's kind of waking up to it and it's fine. I mean, take as long as people are talking about it and what are we going to do, You've heard my pitch. We need to do like Israel. We've got to pump the thousand years worth of brackish water that we have here, even if it doesn't recharge. We've got a thousand. Do you think the other four candidates understood what you were talking about when you were talking about these? I'm I'm being honest, actually. It's a serious question. And I want you to I want you to be honest. Oh, I think over the last not not that you aren't ever honest, but I just want you to be straightforward with us. We're trying to navigate this thing, uh, Greg, and we're not sure that, you know. The candidates really understand what you're saying. We have been listening to you. We understand right. what you're saying. You know, we're we're very educated. You we have a high IQ here. Um, you know, that's not always what sort of wins the game, uh, so to speak. But do you honestly under do you honestly think, you know, those guys understand the stuff that you're talking about? Be honest. Uh, well, we've been on the campaign trail now together. Okay. A lot of these forums, they've heard me talk about it over and over again. I think they understand the concepts. Do I think they know how to implement it or where you would go to, or how would you get the funding to make this happen? How would you implement the plan? No, I don't think any of them know how to do that because they just haven't lived in that world of Mm -hmm. business and finance and wealth creation. Okay. Business, finance, wealth creation. Uh, The richest person in the world for the longest time was Bill Gates. Right. Um, I've never heard Mark Ronchetti say, oh, Bill Gates. I've never heard Rebecca Dow's people say Bill Gates. I've heard Jay Block's people and I've heard Jay Block on KKOB yeah. say the Bill Gates stuff. You know, in my opinion, that's unforgivable. Uh, and, you know, you, I, don't, I don't think that is something that anybody should have ever lodged against you. Because can you imagine what's the one thing that we wish the, the big fish that got away and you see the, the picture of Bill Gates and that thing? Like, we would have loved to have had that guy here. Right. And have him biz- build his business. Why would we be so stupid as to drive it away or or to cast that as a negative when you've never even met the guy? You simply just managed a portion of his money. Well, right. And then what they do is they they slime you with it. And you know, it's unforgivable. Well, and then you say, all right. I mean, you don't want to get defensive, but you think, do you guys use Microsoft products? <laughs> <laughs> They're typing on a Microsoft machine right. <laughs> on Microsoft Windows and, and doing Microsoft stuff. And then they're like, well, uh, the guy that used to... Uh, that I paid for him. Uh, well, you know, we can't trust him because he was managing his money. Like, I can't think of anything stupider no, okay. than, than repeating that stupid, stupid lie. And unfortunately, Jay Block and his campaign, uh, you know, last year, 
And then many of the people, when they were up in Rio oh, yeah, did that too. Karen Bedoni did the same thing. And Karen thing. Bedoni. Oh, she's, she's a I piece know. of work. So there you go. So, uh, but tell, talk about money, finance, and, and those types of things. These are sophisticated concepts. And, you know, we're a sophisticated state. You don't just, and you've been here your whole life. Right. Like, you know this place. You know how it goes. Right. And this is the one issue, I believe, that could bring us all together because it's real economic development. It's not casinos, weed, and personal injury attorneys, which basically New Mexico is. Would, you, would, you, keep, would you keep casinos legal? Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at this point. Uh, now, do they contribute much to economic development? No, you can't say that. What we have to focus on, Eddie, is this. It's may just make it easy, an acronym. Uh-huh. It's MGM. You either have to mine something, you have to grow something, or you have to make something. Okay. Manufacturing uh, something out of the ground and, right. uh, you know, deposits, wealth deposits. Right. You know, silver or whatever. Or aluminum cool. or copper or uranium or everything in the room that you're in right now, I'm in right now, started coming up from the earth in some way. Okay. And so does New Mexico have all kinds of natural resources that are all bottled up because we don't have very good leadership. We don't have much vision and uh, we have succumbed to the environmental movement. And the answer to all that, your listeners know, is yes. So okay. we have to reverse all of that because the nation is going to need us. We have a bumbling fool in the White House who has, you know, entered into this, this debacle in Ukraine the way he has handled it. And now, even if that war ends today, Eddie, supply chains will never be the same. Energy flows are not going to be the same. Banking flows, currency flows, everything is changing right before your very eyes. And New Mexico has what America needs. Do we, any of your competitors in the gubernatorial race understand that? Be honest. No, no, they, they don't think like that. So uh, I've been very blessed. I've gotten to do some wonderful things in my life uh, that I believe I could bring this experience to New Mexico to help us weather what's coming at us. And what's coming at us is a lot of inflation in a recessionary environment. And you've been advising people, uh, truth be told, you've advised uh, some of the people who are closest uh, to me in life, and uh, they trust you implicitly. Well, um, you, you, you've you been on the phone with, with, with people that I know and, and care about. Uh, Greg, every single person who I've ever spoken to, every single one that's ever been referred, every single one, not one, has said, I am so glad I gave my money to Greg Zanetti. I'm so glad that I use Greg Zanetti to do it. I'm so glad Greg Zanetti is on your station. I always learn something from Greg Zanetti and you know what? He's right. People got, and we're going to get to the vaccine and all that other kind of stuff. But like, this is the type of intelligence, you know, that we need, that our state craves. Well, I hope so. And and I, I want to bring it to bear to help the the poor, the middle class build the state from the bottom up. And Eddie, it's not for my ego. I'm not gunning for the next job. I don't want to be president or the U.S. senator. Gosh, I'd just love to help this state because I'm like you. I grew up here. I love it here. And I see its potential. So we have run on that. What are we going to do? And yes, as far as the investments go, our state investment council should be thinking like this because we're in a mix that's a whole lot of stocks and a whole lot of bonds. And right now the stock market is rolling over. The bond market has already rolled over and it's going to hurt pension funds. It's going to hurt our permanent funds. And we must start rethinking this. And another reason I want to be the governor 
is to help us financially come out of this better and wealthier. And I don't believe the other candidates in this race understand how that can happen. Can you tell me when the state of New Mexico runs out of uh, money for its employees in the city of Albuquerque, uh, we're going to run out. You've told me this before. Right. Can you give me when their pensions will no longer be available, much like California and the teachers union there? And I sold buildings for the teachers unions. It was uh, very interesting. That's how they uh, kept uh, their pensions until right. they couldn't do them anymore. And then they're you know only getting 60 cents on a dollar and 40 cents. And then they're lucky to get even that now. Uh, so when do we run out? When do a state employees, city of Albuquerque, employees, which includes the Albuquerque Police Department, these people who have their pensions, depending upon them, when does the state go bankrupt? Uh, it depends on how fast the dollar loses its world reserve and reserve currency status. Okay. So let me give you just a quick scenario. Sure. The Chinese were with the Saudis last month negotiating the sale of oil in yuan versus the dollar. And if that happens, I can almost guarantee overnight the dollar will be devalued 30%. So that would be the first knockdown and people will go, oh, wait a minute, wait, what do you mean my pension has been knocked down 30% in value? It buys 30% less and it, that will begin the cascade effect on the dollar. The only way to combat that is we go back to MGM. You must mine something, grow something, make something because you can't print coal. You can't print oil. You can't print gas. You can't really devalue it. People need this stuff. And then the new stuff that's coming, the quantum computing, the nanotechnology, the artificial intelligence, so much of that was born here. Don't think this is doom and gloom. We're not going back to the Middle Ages. There's a way for us to benefit from what is coming. But we have to have some leadership that says, all right, we're going to be the next high-tech center, and we're going to build a tax base that will reward it, a tax structure that will reward it. And we are going to mine things, grow things, and make things here while all the other states panic. We're not going to do that. We're going to anticipate it. And you watch. We can go from worst to first, Eddie. I, I firmly believe it. Well, I think you uh, believe it, but you also know it. But not if we don't have the right type of leadership. So, right. you know, I think uh, you have uh, pledged to get involved with any other campaign uh, after to support them. But it's a very different position for you if you're just advising right. versus actually running things and can see things. Don't we need yeah. leadership that can see things? Well, it's a little bit like somebody telling me, Wait, what's the answer on the test? Greg, tell me what's the answer on the test. Well, I mean, I give you the answer, but it doesn't really mean you understand or how you're going to implement something. And so, again, this is really wonkish and but we need at some point we need a geek in the governor's office right now who can navigate this state through some turmoil that's coming ahead. And Eddie, if there's something I'm feeling out there on the campaign trail that I didn't yeah. feel well, last yeah, well, summer. You, you are feeling, I haven't seen you walk into this studio this confident before. No, there's, <clears throat> a, there's an well, What's going on? Oh, there's an unease out there. And the stuff you and I have talked about for years is now coming to pass. Mm -hmm. And yeah, with that is you get confirmation, things you thought were coming. And it's like anything, Eddie. I mean, you, you think you see the future, but it is a little, little bit like... Uh, I don't know, seeing torches through the, through the fog and you think you're on the right path, but you're not quite sure. Eddie, I'm very sure on what's coming uh, and I know what to do to fix it. So do the other candidates understand this? No, they are still running on things. I look at it and think, man, you're not getting it. You don't see what's coming in the next six months. You don't see what's coming in the next year. You're talking about stuff 
that was important a year ago. You're still talking about masks? Come on. You're still talking about mandates? Stop. What's coming next? What the people are going to be concerned about is far bigger than what we were talking about last year, even through COVID. I promise. Uh, we have touched upon so many things. Let's make it simple and elemental and easy. And let's get to the vaccine. And now the, you saw the the numbers. They're lying through in the breakthrough cases. Right. Um, we broke through some real information. We found out that your best friend was Michelle Lujan Grisham's husband. Um, right. Uh, who had uh, passed away. Uh, I, I knew a little bit more, I think, than anybody else ever. And nobody, I mean, nobody knows the enemy. And I will say that emphatically, quite like you do. Nobody I knows do. Uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham. I think the... the if, <laughs> To, to have that level of intelligence from the inside to be the best friend of the governor's, uh, uh, you Former know, husband. Uh, husband. Yeah, yeah. Deceased husband, right. Yeah, deceased husband. And he passed away in uh, 2004. Four. Okay, so, and you gave his... Yeah, I gave his eulogy. What but, did you say about Greg? I'm I, interested. Okay, we were... Uh, people, people, people want these juicy bits. <laughs> and, and I don't want you to ever share this on any other program, any other radio station. I am asking for that. You're making a big uh, ask here of our, no, no. They, I'm asking you not to ever share this story except here. Oh, is it stuff we did as junior high school kids in the first year of high school, your first kind of figure out girls. Eddie, I saw my first Playboy magazine over at Greg Grisham's house. Wow. <laughs> yeah. He had it under his mattress and, and I just, yeah. this is the most amazing thing. The in coming the world of age. Me. It's a stand by me moment. Yeah. And Greg, he, he was ahead of me as far as maturity goes. He had older brother and older sisters. He just knew stuff I didn't know. And girls love the guy. And yeah. I was, this will shock you, but I was somewhat of a geek and he wasn't, he was really cool. And he knew horses. So he was in that kind of horsey crowd. <laughs> Basically me. Yeah. And so, you know, he rode in these things at the fair and all these horse shows Really? And, yeah. And girls just gathered around him like, I don't know, bees around honey. And I was just kind of, you know, sitting there in the bleachers staring at the guy. But we were on the bowling team together. I think about the things. He a he, good bowler? Yeah, he was a real good bowler. And uh, it's still things he would do. How did the governor, she just got married. What do you think about that? She just got married. Of all years this year when she's getting reelected. Re Greg, how did, what went through your mind when you heard that news after your best friend, she, she gets married to this other guy? Oh, I mean, it's been 18 years. Uh, you Time for her to move on. Yeah. And Just lost uh, I don't mom. know about her personal life. No, and, I know you and, don't. And, but and, this is interesting because you are literally the best friend of the governor's uh, husband. I think there's a lot here. People want to know about this. This is good, Craig. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, uh, watch, watch. I can't even get you to talk about this. This is one of the reasons why people trust you. Well, you no, have so much ammo and so much information. Yep, because you're such a good guy, uh, Greg. This is one of the things that I think everybody can say about you is you are a good person. You're a good guy. You uh, don't you you haven't taken swings. But I will ask one one question: Is what did he come and tell you when when he met Michelle? Uh, I didn't know I didn't know about it until later because I was at West Point and he was at UNM. Okay, what was he studying? Uh, he. You know, I don't remember what he was saying okay. because he left. We we drifted apart. He went to Cibola his ju the junior year, and I stayed at Valley. Okay. And then I went off to West Point. He was at UNM, and we yeah. just kind of lost lost track yeah, of each yeah. other. But you made it back for his wedding, right? You were you were like his best man, or were you in no, his no, wedding? No, 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 not at all. Oh, okay. I, no, I was I was on active duty, and, and oh, you were out. Not, 
Okay. And so, we, no, the way, what happened was we came back and we ended up living on the same street and we had little kids and Teresa and I were out pushing the kids, you know, on this stroller and there was Greg. It was like, hey, I haven't hey. seen him in forever. Hey, Greg. So he says, come on over, come on over. And uh, so we went over to their house and that's really when I first met Michelle. Yeah. And so. Wait, did it, you go to her house or they it, come to your it, house? No, no, it was over at her house. Did she cook? No. Did, no. She, did she ever cook? I don't know. I know that you don't Craig, remember eating did, something. Did, did did she whip up a great, I don't know, green chili chicken enchilada no, or anything? No. no, no, but it was spur of the moment. So okay. that, that wouldn't have been fair. But I do know this that Greg was the one who really took care of the daughters. He, okay. he picked them up from school. He took them to school. He did. He was very active. The and, doting father. Yes. And okay. boy, he loved those girls. Yeah. Uh, good, good, good girls. Yeah. And uh, you know, they wow. were little at the time yeah. and smaller. But anyway, and I just, um, but you guys just, stayed. You guys stayed pretty tight for a while, huh? Yeah, and so I don't know. It's just reliving stuff from, uh, you know, bowling, up. bowling team, and yeah. spending the night over at the guy's house. And it, these were the kind of the stories that that I talked about at the eulogy that kind sure. of made people laugh. I mean, I wasn't even allowed to cross Fourth Street, but man, that's where North Valley Bowl was. <laughs> but, but if Greg crossed the street, man, I was going because I was. That's where be Sadie started, baby. Yeah. Sadie's was over there. Was. You grew up in that little bowling alley, eating that chips and salsa, right? And the bowling and flinging that ball down there. It's like uh, me and Greg Christian, we go hang out. Yeah. yeah. And then he always had money. I never had money. And so really, was, there was a little lot of burger. Yeah. And uh, he, I don't know, stupid stuff, Eddie, but he'd buy me a hamburger. And it was just like oh. the greatest thing in the whole wide world. And he knew curse words and I didn't know curse words. Oh, okay. And so. Anyway, he used to hang out with Gil. Gil was the guy who Gil, trained Gil. his horses. Yeah, yeah. And uh, God, those guys just flung curse words left and right. Yeah. And I was just staring at them. <laughs> in awe. So uh, I got to I got to ask you, where, what, what went through your mind when you first met Michelle uh, Luhan? Well, I didn't uh, know her at all, okay. and, and we wanted to think the best of her. Yeah. Uh, I'll just say that during the evening, we didn't think she was kind to him. And oh. I and I'll, and I'll leave. She sort of ran the show, huh? Yeah. So you saw that you saw that what we become here in the state of New Mexico, uh, we become, you know, well, I don't really feel like the governor's that kind to us or small business or right. she's out partying, having a good time. Well, that's sort of the way that she treated her husband. Yeah. And he, by the way, he's the guy who, who taught me how to sign my name. Really? So, cursive. So, <laughs> so we, you learned cursive. Well, no, it's see, it was uh 10th grade in, uh, I think it was, Oh golly, Miss Murphy's English class. Okay. And I was signing, Valley High. Yeah, I was signing my name to something. And uh he said, That's your signature? Said, yeah. And he goes, it doesn't have any flair. I said, What? <laughs> <laughs> he goes, No, no, it's gotta be like this. And he he, scribbles, he scribbles his day. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah. I spent the rest of the class practicing. To impress oh. Greg. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Are, we, are you amazed that, I mean, guys like me <laughs> and guys like Greg can get run by somebody else? Yeah. Is that amazed? Is it amazed that the strong spirit of the people of New Mexico can get run like by Michelle Lujan Grisham? Yeah. And become the very worst state in the entire, I mean, yeah. this, is, this is by design. And I want it, I, right, that, that, and that's what's happening out on the campaign trail. That's, this is what the unease is all about. Mm -hmm. It's by design. Wait a minute. All these things that are happening with, uh, I mean. The shutdown. The, the shutdown. Yeah, the, the money that we took, $27 billion. Right. If you, if you ran into that money today, I mean, you'd, you'd be amazed. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. You and, wouldn't even know what to do. I I have all that money. And, you know? Everybody gets the feeling we're all being played. We could have we could have gotten rid of income taxes here in the state of New Mexico. Right. And now, but I, I do have to stop you there because you didn't release your taxes, but you released no. your and that was a privacy issue. Okay. I thought, I thought no, I'm not doing this. It's and uh, we did a complete financial disclosure when okay. we announced. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, you know, I wouldn't release my health records. I'm not. It, it, and I don't Interesting. Think, right. Right. The health records, whether or not you're vaccinated, Rebecca Dow said the same. It doesn't matter if I'm vaxxed or not. And then she said, well, as a matter of fact, I'm not vaxxed. Right. As a matter of fact, I did get COVID two times. I'm like, like they don't have to do this. But these are things that people want want to know. And then again, the taxes is sort of like low hanging fruit. I was interested to see that because everybody was wondering. And I had asked Rebecca Dow, and then the Albuquerque Journal goes and I think for the very first time ever, asked for the asked all the candidates for their tax returns. Right, and I told that I told myself I have no dealings with the state. I don't do any business with the state. I've never done, but now way way back, I did I did some trades for the state back in the '80s. But who cares? But the reality is, I have nothing. I have no conflicts of interest with the state at all, or the federal government. Or I yeah. just run a private business, and so really, it was just intrusive and no we have a right to privacy in this country but michelle Lujan grisham uh, certainly has that level about her she's walking right into your private life we see you at the airports we see you at the right. businesses we see you in your schools we right. see you here we see you. and now we're not just going in there we're going inside your body and right. we're forcing you and this is what the who is all about this week and we're bouncing around a little bit here but right. i'm gonna tighten this up here no, because no, keep going, this is exactly where, where we're at we're talking about what's the role of government Right. And then what's the role of private citizens? One of the things that we have failed to have is the actual real role of small businesses here in the state of New Mexico. And that's because people are afraid to open up small business. They're, they're afraid right. to open these things up because they could get shut down, be forced to mask or vax people, be responsible for what happens in their place of business, right. uh, have the uh, IRS or have the, uh, the right. taxation and revenue department all over them right. or any of these things. Like this is not a, a freedom loving place. It's not an open uh, place. I mean, if anything that we've talked about the entire time is making that plea to let's reopen New Mexico. We're still right. under emergency orders today. Right. And, and, and Eddie, we, we've seen it in the campaign. People saying, Greg, I'd love to contribute to your campaign. But if I do, it will show up on a report. And I'm fearful that the government will come against me, yeah. that there will be retribution exactly. against me. I will be punished. Like, Man, this is dictatorship. It can't be like this. And so I had one guy come up to me and he said, all right, it was at a fundraiser. He said, all right, if I'm going to write a check to you and you become governor, how much do I have to give you so that you will talk to me so that uh, you'll listen to me? I said, nothing. I said, nothing. I'm on Eddie's station all the time. Yeah, don't, don't write me a check. Yeah. I, I'd never, even if you are totally opposite of me and what you believe and what you want to happen. I still represent We're not going to shut you. Yes. And, but see, that's not how it's been working here for a long time. The governor uh, represents only Democrats. Right. She's only representing Democrats. Right. And, you know, we have a long storied history of 90 years of Democrat domination, where it looks like we're going to continue that if things persist the way that they do, because uh, we are six months in a row, highest unemployment, no job creation. Right. No wealth creation. No. We hate rich people. Right. <laughs> you know, as, and, and you, your business only, uh, only exist because you make uh, people who have a little bit of money, a lot more money right. and help them navigate these types of things. So let's reel all this back and let's position this because you have a story. I hear a story here. I know my audience right now hears a story and we hear a story of a man by the name of Greg Zanetti 
whose best friend was the <laughs> husband yep. of the current governor who knows the enemy better than anybody else, who's managed an incredible amount of money. Uh, his dad ran the University of Albuquerque High School, Albuquerque University, University of Albuquerque right. uh, College, excuse me, uh, knows a lot about education, whose wife was a former state representative. And right? on the state school board. These are things that I see something coming together here. I really do for you. But let's start first with healthcare, COVID. Right. You lost, not somebody necessarily to COVID, but you lost people during this time. And now we have found out that the vaccination, the Wuhan virus, everything's manufactured. Right. And remember, we were, we were nut jobs. We were first, we're yeah, we, you and I were conspiracy right. theorists, right? Right. Okay. Tell me about your reaction, how you would have handled things differently. Uh, I would have tipped toward freedom and the way that other governors did it in other states where they said, look, we're going to give you the information, make a decision for yourself, for your family. If you've got someone who's susceptible or who's high risk and you want to quarantine, we will do whatever we can do in the state to help you keep your family safe. But we are not going to mandate down to everybody the same rules to shut you down when it was all flim flam, Eddie. You and I knew from the beginning that masks don't work against viruses. It's just, it's the physics of it. Yeah. And well, so, it's for bacteria, not for viral. Right. And so why were we putting people in masks? The six foot thing, we all, we found out that was all just, uh, it was made up. It was, it was arbitrary. Why six feet? Why not four feet? Why not seven feet? And then to put arrows down the aisles in Walmart and Target and people were just bumping into each other. None of this was about health. It was all about control. It was all about power. And I, it's just so anathema to my character. I want freedom. I mean, it's why I went to West Point to defend freedom. It became a brigadier general to defend freedom. And MLG thinks the exact opposite. It's all top down. I'm in charge here, the dictator. Man, I trust the people of New Mexico. Just give them the facts. They'll do the right thing. And let's grow this state. But so you wouldn't use your own personal medical doctor to dictate policy no. for the state of New Mexico, which is exactly what Dr. Grace was. That was her personal medical doctor. Correct? Right. And all he was doing was aping the things out of the CDC. And what they didn't understand ever, you always have to look at the motivation. You have to look at the incentive. And the CDC had incentive to ramp this thing up because you get money from it. Pfizer had an incentive to rush out a vaccine that hadn't been tested, that it's not even a vaccine, it's an mRNA jab. Anyway, they had an, a monetary incentive to push it out. And then the politicians had an incentive to, you know, scare everybody so that they could get reelected or bring in, you know, new election rules that they could end up cheating on, which we're learning about. And so no one questioned incentives or motives, except you did, yep. I did, and said, wait a minute, stop. Let, let's really pull back and look at the facts of this thing. And, but if you did that, oh, now you're labeled a conspiracy guy. And of course, now it's all coming out. The people who we were right facts, all along. Right. And so as governor, I mean, you can already see what's coming. You don't have to be Nostradamus. What, what are they rolling out now? Monkeypox? Monkeypox. Okay. And then it'll be smallpox or some variation of in order to then bring about what? What? Slam us down again? and take the country into what, a recession, right. an inflationary recession. 
uh, that will then do what? Bring more power and control to the people who are up above. This is what we have to fight. This is the big battle. And most people don't see it that way. And you have to have a way to fight it. You just can't scream against it. All right, what resources are we going to bring to bear? What are we going to do that New Mexico goes against the grain so that we are an island of prosperity while everybody else is panicking? That's why I'm running for governor. I have to ask you, uh, you've gotten some late late support just this week. Uh, I think it was because they heard you on on the debate. Um, had they Were they not aware of your responses towards vaxxing that you did not vax, that you have traveled internationally, that you uh, masked, uh, have not masked, did not recommend right. business. Were they not aware that you were, uh, you know, part of, no, uh, of that push? No, and part of the reason is how do you, how do you raise two, three million dollars to get these messages out? And okay. Eddie, it's a big club and I'm not in it. That's okay. pretty clear. Yeah. And so where do, where does all this money come in? And, and at what price? Yeah. Okay. And so we have had to do a different campaign and we, this is the advertisement we're running on your station. Yeah. Yeah. You're making an ask and you, right. you think that our audience is big enough to sort of uh, swing the boat in your direction because they've had two years of familiarity with your name, two, who you are, what you five do. Five years. Is it five? Have we been five. together five years? I came on here in 2017. No I still, way. I really? Have the, I have the first notes and we talked about loser nations. What are the seven marks of a loser nation? What do loser nations all do wrong? And we went through them one by one by one. And at the end of that, you said, I've never had a guest like you on this show. <laughs> and I said, well, bring me back. And now, yeah, it's been five years. Wow. It's been five years. Yeah, time flies. Time really does fly. Okay. Healthcare. We did that. Your dad was an uh, educational guy, you say. You, uh, were, you were valedictorian? No. No, I was, uh, I think I was 20th in the class. You 20th? Okay. Yeah. But you went to West Point. I did. How did you get that appointment uh, to go to West Point? Did you, uh, who was that, who was that uh, at the time? Who signed? Joe Montoya. Joe Montoya? Senator Montoya. Yeah, and Senator Montoya. Pete, Pete Domenici nominated me to the Naval Academy. Wow. And so. So he gave you Naval. You see my, my picture of St. Pete here. Yeah. You know, I always uh, love St. Pete. So he's. I had a, you see my picture that, that's hanging in there from Boys Nation with me and Pete I know, Domenici. It's a, it's a great yeah, picture. I, I love that. Yeah. So, I love Pete Domenici. I love what he brought to the state. I love the the sort of regal presence. I mean, I still am most proud, I think, of knowing that that was a man in touch. And like every day when I'm driving, I'm driving over freeways that Pete Domenici brought here to the state of New Mexico. Right. That wouldn't have happened otherwise. No, that guy right. literally controlled the budget for the entire for the entire country. I know. I remember the articles about him. You know, this was back when Reagan was in and we were first starting to see these budget deficits. Yeah. The guy, Pete hated it. And he would go outside and he'd chain smoke. He brought us out of the recession, right. the inflationary right. pressure. Right. Like it, it was, it was Pete Domenici. It wasn't right. Ronald Reagan. And he carried that, it, that burden with all kinds of character and, and he was strong. He had backbone. Yeah, he did. And no, uh, no, no, he was a good man. He was a, He's guy. a good man. It's just, and this, it's good. And you, you, you're, you're Italian. Oh yeah. He's Italian. I know. It's, yeah. uh, uh, Democrats for Domenici. You remember that? Yeah. And that's what we need. Democrats for Zanetti. Democrats for Zanetti. You've been meeting with a lot of Democrats here. Yeah. They've had it. They've had it with her, but they don't want men competing with women in sports. Yeah. They don't like an abortion up to the date of birth. Yeah. They don't like all this crazy train stuff right, that's right. happening in this. They yeah, don't yeah. like the open borders. By the way, if you're Putin right now, what would you be doing with an open border? 
down in the southern part of New Mexico? Wouldn't you be sending, if you want to really mess with us, bring your guys in here to do some gray terror. Yeah. So it's not just about drugs and human trafficking. Everybody else is talking about, look, this is a, this is a national security issue, guys. Mm-hmm. And anybody who says we're not at war with Russia right now, you're not paying attention. Yeah. Uh, we're running a proxy war right now. Okay, right. so back to the educational stuff, uh, which is, you know, oh, yeah. Pete went there. He went to St. Mary's. You know, I've got a picture over here. You went to Valley High School. Yes. I love the Valley Vikings. They won the state championship in 96, I think, in basketball. You know, had some other. It's been, I was at that game. Were you? Oh, yeah. I was kind of cool. to see the boys. I mean, you know, that, that kid, the kid who led the, led the way, he, he went to Pius. He was a freshman when I was a senior. He's the one that led him to the state championship. And I used to beat up on that kid. I won't say his name because I haven't talked to him in a while. But I used to beat up on that kid all the time on the basketball course. Take a chart. Take this. He led you guys to the state championship <laughs> in 1996 because of, I think, a lot of stuff that I sort of show him. But you have to have that level of toughness. And you're right. familiar with that. You've been. So your dad was the head of the University of Albuquerque. He was. Tell us that story. Okay. So let's see. Dad start was, God, he was a smart guy. So he went to St. Mary's Catholic. I know that. And then uh, he was, he was the valedictorian of his class. Mm -hmm. And he was the, came, came in second in the nation in debate. And (laughs) I know. You you probably like to see him and I go at it. right? Then he went to to Berkeley and got his master's degree. He joined the Navy to serve in the Korean war. Then he stayed in the Naval Reserve. Okay. And so dad spent 35 years doing weekend Naval drill. He ended up a captain in the Navy. And I don't know, he's taught me about duty and this kind mm-hmm. of thing. Meanwhile, he was always contributing in this community. He was just, you know, the chamber of commerce kind of guy. Yeah. And, and anyway, he, um, he ended up at Sandia Labs from Livermore Labs in San Francisco or at Livermore. Yeah. You know, he ends up, you know, down in, in Albuquerque. And I was three months old when we moved here. So this has been home ever since. And so anyway, he was just... He just kept going up the ranks and yeah, they selected him to head the university and uh, he'd already been on the Albuquerque public school board for two terms. And he just, he wanted to make the state better. The natural history museum, you go to the natural history museum and you look up on that plaque finance chairman, the guy who brought the money in for the natural history museum, Joseph Zanetti. Wow. That was my dad. That's great. So we're all, you know, we're yeah. all, meanwhile, my mom ended up being the principal at Sandia high school. Yep. So it's always been an education family. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, of course, my wife went from Valley to Harvard. and Oh, so, oh, by the way, uh, Napolitano went there. You knew that. Yeah. Right? yeah so. And so then she got her master's degree at St. John's. It's just an education family. Yeah. And then she ends up on the state school board here and then a state rep for six years. And, man, you better keep up in this family. You think Otherwise, you might be qualified to handle education in the state of New Mexico? That's uh, nearly yeah. one half of the, of the budget. Yeah. Give me the uh, Greg Zanetti, the Zanetti, the Joseph Zanetti, the Mon Paz Zanetti plan for remedying uh, the ailing thing that really keeps <laughs> us at dead last. We're fishing with education. All right. Here's how you do it in three easy steps. Step number one, Eddie, we got to get rid of the, or declaw the public education department. What does that mean? All right. So we have this top down bureaucracy that came about from Governor Richardson. Okay. That basically is dictating the same rules down, whether it's CRT or all these regulations and rules to every single school district the same way. But JAL is the same as Albuquerque, is the same as Taos, is the same as Lordsburg. None of that makes any sense. And people bristle against it. And in the last 20 years, has public education improved one bit in this state? No. 
If you had an employee here at the Kiva that a lousy job for 20 years, would you keep him or her? No. Right. All right. So what the governor can do is shrink its power, shrink its authority. You can take away its ability to promulgate these regulations. You can pull back the regulations that they have already pushed down mm-hmm. and basically say, look, if you can't help those schools, then don't do anything. Just stay out of the way. Step two, push the power and authority down to the local level. Local teachers, local parents, local students working together. It's a much better system. And now here's financial advisors and Eddie. Eddie, follow the money. Follow the money. Right. That we get so much money. Right. So where, how does it flow? Always follow flow. The money starts with politicians. Then the money flows to bureaucrats. Then the money flows to unions. Then the money flows to administrators. Then the money flows to teachers, parent, child. Eddie, you got to flip it. Have the money follow the child. Uh, 12, That's a, a school choice. Charters. School choice. Charter school. You can go. That, to, that'll pull us out how right, quickly? How, right. how Do you think you can get that done in the first four years if you're in office? Yes. Okay. And because people just had it. This isn't working. Yeah. Uh, people but, in Santa Fe. I mean, right. we know the uh, sort of the designer parents that are up in Santa Fe. Right. They, they don't send their kids, none of them that no. I know of, send their kids to any public school. Right. But send them to trade school. Fine with me. Send them to art school. Send them to tech school. You guys decide homeschool, charter school, public school, private school, parochial school. You decide. Now, let's say a teacher starts doing CRT and you yeah. don't like it. Yeah, yeah. Eddie, pull the kid out of the class yeah. and 12, 14 grand left Grab the your kid. money and go do something with it. You don't think that'll change behavior? Yeah. Right. So this is the kind of thing that could turn the education in the state around right away because free markets work better. I think it'll make the public schools better. I think it will make the unions more accountable. And I'm not anti-union, but you better earn it. If you're going to have union-backed teachers, they've got to be really good where people say, all right, I'm willing to spend my money there because they do an amazing job of training up teachers and I want my kids at that school. But if the unions aren't doing their jobs, well, all right, go somewhere else. Anyway, this is what I could see changing this state right away education-wise. And You're great on jobs. You're great on business. Right. You're great on education. Right. Uh, there's, uh, you're, uh, how do I even, if I'm Michelle Lujan Grisham, how do I even attack you on those three things that I have oh. failed at? I'm the governor of the state of New Mexico, Michelle Lujan Grisham, and I failed at education. She had her commercial, the kids running after the right. bus. She had her other commercial that she's going to generate new businesses and she's climbing the top of this giant thing. And what we see is more corporate welfare cutouts. And I want to go right. to that for a moment. Just Talk about the corruption. I want you to talk about Virgin Galactic. I want you to talk about Netflix. Uh, I want you to talk about what you know about 10K reports. And say if, you're, if your gubernatorial candidate doesn't know what a 10K report is, <laughs> whoa, right. Oh, right. and we're, we're awarding uh, corporate welfare stuff, I doubt you'd give anybody a loan anywhere if you're a banker. No. And if you're a government, how could you not look at a 10K report? Talk about mm-hmm. Microsoft. I mean, not Microsoft, Facebook, um, uh, Amazon, uh, Virgin Galactic. And then the big boxes versus small boxes and lay it on us the way that you have been for the last, I guess, five years. Sorry, Greg. No, no. But I mean, what you're seeing is the concerted effort to suck wealth up from the poor and the middle class to the wealthy. And you saw it during COVID and our governor just played right along with it. All right. So Walmart, Lowe's, Home Depot, big box, they all stayed open while the little guys got shut down. Wait, what's that all about? Meanwhile, you have a state that picks winners and losers not based on, as you say, balance sheets, their 10K, their reports, but just based on 
oh, he's a celebrity or, oh, I know that name. And they haven't done any research at all right. as, on these companies. And Virgin Galactic is the perfect example. Yeah. I told you about this. All right, people get upset because I manage money for billionaires. Anyway, we have known for years that Branson is a flim-flam man. Gosh, everyone knew it. And we were so eager to just jump into the business bed with the guy because, oh, you get your picture taken and you get on the front page of, you know, the New York Times for a day. But of course we gave a guy like uh, Branson who doesn't have a high school diploma that right. much money. Right. And so now what's happened? We've got this spaceport sitting out in the middle of nowhere that nobody can use. It's a drain on everything. And, and of course, the place is deteriorating just sitting out there in the sun. And the state of New Mexico loses millions and millions of dollars. But it goes beyond that. I mean, what's happening with the pension funds and the, the level of ineptitude, I would say, you know, is stunning what's happened to our funds and how we invest them and how far behind we are falling where they're actuarially unsound. We have to fix this, but you have to understand money. And so when you look at Netflix, what's Netflix down now? 71% from its high. Uh, Facebook has lost what? 50% from its high. We have a long way to go. And again, this goes into really wonkish talk, but no, no, we need to hear it. Right. We, we, this is the, the wonky stuff. You know, New Mexico is never going to improve if we're not having the hard conversations and actually reading the textbooks here. Right. All right. So if you look at price to sales ratios, all right, well, we always talk about price, earn, price to earnings ratios, you know, earnings per share. Well, what about price per, you know, per sale? What we're seeing now is we are at levels even after this correction now that are above dot-com levels. What I'm saying is this stock market has a long way to fall. So that's point one. Point two. 691 for Netflix, November 16th, 2021. Uh, currently at 186.35. Yeah, just it's just been crushed. And they've got, and all of these have a long way to go. Meanwhile, the bond market and the bond market's exponentially bigger than the stock market Rising interest rates are kryptonite to bonds. Eddie, we've been at 0% interest rates for years, and now they're finally ticking up, and we've probably got 40 to 60% of our retirement funds in bonds. What do you think is going to happen here as rates rise? What's going to happen to retirements? What's going to happen to the promises that we made to these people who worked 20, 30 years? And everybody's going to go, oh, sorry, we couldn't do anything about it. The market turned against us. No it's not that we had people who couldn't adjust to new realities. Thus you're losing your retirement. That's why I want to be the governor of this state to fix this. I wish I could be in there right now. Oh, uh, anyway. I think we wish you could be in there right now. 382 for Facebook. Right. And uh, uh, it's lost more than 50% because it's currently uh, at 183. Right. Uh, we have Netflix, we have Facebook, Amazon. Oh, Amazon may, may, what they may do is fire 100,000 people. Yeah, I, I, I heard that. And, it, uh, and based upon my own consumption habits, I would probably say they're going to need to fire at least that many. Right. Here's the, uh, here's the Amazon last year. This is only going back a year. That's 50% in a year. Uh, over the last year, they were at a high at 3676 for Amazon. They're currently at 2135. Yeah, so that's a that that's a that's a forty percent drop for the world's most powerful company. Yeah, people are giving back two years worth of gains in a matter of months. 
and again, not not your client. No, no, no. We 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 got out of all this stuff, and we were very open about it. And said, look, you've got to get over to the commodities sector. You've got to get over to hard assets. You've heard me say this over and yeah. over again. And uh, gold is still up for the year. Uh, oil is up for the year. Uh, food is up for the year. All the stuff we talked about. And in the face of all this selling, it's been remarkable how these hard assets have held up. This is the front edge of this curve. That's mm-hmm. going to be bumpy. Just know that. Two forward, one back, two forward, one back. But this is the... New Mexico could benefit so much from this if we would just shift. Why is it important for our governor to be uh, up to date? I mean, I, I can answer the question myself, but why a governor, Greg Zanetti, why, why is it important for our governor to know about these types? Because I think arguably the governor's number one job is economic development for the state. Yeah, I would agree. Okay. Grow it. the state. Right. What's, uh, you know, uh, our, our motto, grow as it goes. Right. You're the CEO of the state. And if all you're worried about is, you know, the day-to-day kind of a 24-hour news cycle, how can I get into the newspaper and look good for the day? Your state's going nowhere. So you've heard me. We've got a long-term plan, too. But you don't have a face for radio. You're attractive. (laughs) You're congenial. You're a nice man. I think people would, I think people have a hard time looking at Michelle Lujan Grisham. Uh, Have you noticed the shift, I think, in in the attitudes, uh, even the newspaper? They've sort of taken a harder edge towards her. It's been interesting. And I think people have really gotten fatigued, tired. They're sick of the situation. They know that this corporate welfare carve-outs could have been prevented, would prevent a lot of things from happening. Right. So we touched upon jobs. We touched upon education. Failure, failure for Michelle Lujan Grisham. We also talked about, well, energy. This is the big one for you. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, this is where you, this is where you make your, this is where you make your, 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 your bread at your butter. This is where you butter your bread. So that's All what right. I'm trying to say. Okay. All right. So why energy and water go together? Why do I bring up water first without water? You don't have life mm-hmm. and this state will blow away. We must get ahead of this water issue, but to desalinate, you need energy without energy, Eddie, you don't have an economy mm-hmm. without an economy. You don't have money. Without money, you don't have roads, schools, bridges, or anything else the government wants to do. Right. We've got to get back to basics, water and energy. All right, you've heard me talk about desal plants like Israel does. You know, you're probably sick of it. Next, small modular nuclear reactors. They are nuclear reactors about the size of a McDonald's. One of them can power up to 60,000 homes. They will not melt down. This is fifth generation stuff. And weren't we the atomic state? Weren't we the uranium state? We were the atomic state. We were the uranium state. All right. So why aren't we building small modular nuclear reactors? It doesn't compete against oil and gas. It supplements it. Doesn't mean we need to get rid of the solar or the wind or any other stuff. But solar and wind are not going to replace what we need. All right. If we built small modular nuclear reactors all over this state, so it's not just Albuquerque-centric, but let's bring the state together All right, during the day, they power your cities. At night, it's the energy to clean 30, 40, 50 million gallons of water for your community for the next day. And now the farmers and ranchers don't have to compete for that water. And then you take the excess electricity and you sell it to California at a profit. Well, now what's happened here? Now we're the energy state and the water state. I mean, imagine what happens for the kids. They have a reason to stay. And not just the plumbers and electricians and HVAC, the trades, we're going to need all of that. But what about the high-tech kids? What, high-tech desal? 
high-tech nuclear energy. Now watch, now watch what comes out of that. It'll be much bigger than Microsoft. And now you see this state go from worst to first. This is what we're talking about on the campaign trail, not the petty stuff of inside baseball high school. You said this and you're not. Oh, golly, I'm so sick of it. I can't stand it. So let's get to ETA, how that is going to bankrupt the state. If you're looking ahead and likely around the time that that comes in, you will be uh, hopefully nice and and retired and and happy and all that. But your children won't. You're trying to bring back here. But we adopted the Energy Transition Act. We were the... We had the number one and the number six uh, oil-producing counties in the entire country. Right. What are you hearing, and what would you have done differently? This is this oh, woman has literally it. put a gun to the head of the state of New Mexico's economy. Right. And it's this odd know, leadership style. I call it leadership by decree. And it's as if you decree something, it will magically happen. Uh, you know, I told you the story before. I saw this at Guantanamo Bay when uh, when, o- when Obama came out and said. My, his very first executive order, close Guantanamo Bay. All right. Well, where are we, what are we going to do with these knuckleheads? No plans had been made. There was no timetable. Nobody had been put in charge. There, it, it was just a decree, and they expect things to magically happen. We saw Biden do this in Afghanistan. We will leave Afghanistan on this day. There was no planning. There was nobody put in charge. There was no coordination, no time markers. How would you know? Anyway, and now we see Michelle. Luhan Grisham govern the same way. We shall be energy independent by this day. And yet there's no plan. It doesn't match the physics. It's not going to work. We know it's not going to work. And so it's all just political theater at the expense of the people. Enough. But let's have a governor of substance who says, all right, this is what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to do it. Right. This is the plan. We are going to do this together, Republicans, Democrats, all of us, because without water, we're done. Without energy, we don't have an economy. Let's just concentrate on those two things and watch what happens here. I think we could rally around that and turn this state around. No doubt about it. All right. So we've touched energy, education, jobs. Uh, By the way, we're going to probably air this a couple of times. Okay. And I want you to, you know, go out there and fight as hard as you can. Get your ideas. One of the things that uh, you know that I, I... think it's really important to sell ideas and you know that because i ran for mayor of the city of albuquerque and you ran on substance this is what we're going to do anyway sorry and i know i think that's exactly the point that i'm i'm making here is like getting these issues out there in the forefront with someone who can actually handle i mean everybody knows that i would have killed it as mayor i would have i would absolutely mopped up i would have been out there every day you'd never see me here i'd be figuring out everything else to do but you know we we cut our nose off in spite of our face all the time but here's the biggest issue as much as those things matter, we have 62 homicides in the city of Albuquerque. Right. Greg, um, I, I know we can talk all about all the other things, but if your children aren't safe, you're worried about some calamity or some breaking news, and right. your, your first calls immediately to your sons or your, your kids, and, you know, and you're like, are you okay? There was something that happened just down the street from where you are. Right. That stops everything for the day. Stops right. all the momentum, stops everything. Nothing else matters because right. that, that's all... And cr- criminality and crime is just on its way. And nobody has been uh, more brazen, I should say, and, and, and more friendly to the criminals than the Democrats and Michelle Lujan Grisham. We can talk about the Charlie Daniels. We can talk about the uh, justice reform that they uh, implemented, the anti-cop stuff. I mean, it is right. just all, it's disgusting. Let's talk about Zanetti on crime. All right, well, you've already brought up a lot of the issues, but yeah, we passed a series of laws that made what criminals victims and the victims criminals. 
then, uh, oh, we emptied the prisons. We used to have, what, 7,600 prisoners? Yeah. Now we're down in the 5,000s, and we expect crime to go down. And then we got rid of bail bonds, cash bonds. So then it was catch and release, catch and release, which we're all disgusted by. And, and then we beat down the morale, like you said, of the police with the defund movements. And then the poor cops, everything they do, they're, they're, someone's looking over their shoulder and scolding them or giving them, you know, or cutting their pay or whatever. Everybody just wants out. And then, Eddie, we stopped enforcing petty crimes. How many times have you been to a Walmart or a Target and you watch some dude load up his cart and just walks out the door? And there's the guard going, uh, sir, sir. And he just keeps walking and nothing happens. Uh, if you have this environment, if you don't have, I always go back to the uniform code of military justice because I'm a military guy. If crimes have consequences. If you just brought that back and you said, look, you've done this, you did the, um, you, you did the crime, you're going to do the time, this can all be remedied. We have created this ourselves by bad leadership that, again, we go back to the conspiracy theory stuff. Do they really want to bring this country down? Do they want rising social unrest, rising civil unrest because it benefits them politically? If it's that sick, we have to stand up against it and say, no, this will not stand and we will stand for truth. We will stand for integrity. We'll stand for justice and faith and, 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 and not even the gates of hell will prevail against us when we do this. But you need a governor who's willing to stand on those principles. Again, Sinetti for governor. Why do you think you can win? Because our message is one of hope and freedom. It's look, this is everybody's telling you what. No, 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 no. That's right. not what I'm looking for. Oh, this is this numbers. is a part. This is this this is the part where I need you to tell me how do we win? Yeah, and right, I and, and you you always hear from these guys. You always hear from these guys. You know these, and I'm going to say it. They're they're just a holes. Oh, I can't vote for him. He can't win. I can't vote uh, for him. No, he can't no. win. Okay. You you need. To, I, I I asked you. I said convince me. Okay. Right? I need you to look <laughs> at me because you've you've invested yourself in this process. Right. This is meaningful enough for you to say. Well, I don't want to just hear the platitudes because uh, we have message and freedom and. You know, blah blah blah. You know, uh, fight, fight. Oh, you want the inside yeah. baseball? Right. I want you. Inside baseball. I want you to. As we've been friends for five, if you can count, I can count. I know you count. I know you can do, do votes. I want to know how many votes. Where's it going to be? Why you? How many votes that you need? You're making this ask of of our audience here. You've, right. you've invested yourself. You're in there. You're slugging it out. Convince us, Greg. All right. I want you to tell me why you are such a big believer. I mean, I'm a big believer in everything that you're talking about. I'm a big believer in everything that you're saying. I'm I'm a big believer. I'm your I'm your I'm your number one fan. I know. I, I endorsed you. I know. But okay? well, I need to know that my endorsement isn't wasted. I need to know that totally th- like this is this. I put my name on the line for you. I'm I'm saying Greg Zanetti. Mm-hmm. I want you. I want you because I know as my friend you can run this state just like you know when you endorse me for mayor. You know that I could have run this city. Right. I want you to convince our audience. Why you're going to win. Okay, here are the numbers. Here's what we're expecting. We're expecting about 70,000 votes in the primary. Eddie, in a state of 2 million people, that's about how many people voted four years ago for Steve Pierce. I actually thought the numbers were going to be higher this year because we had five people in the race and Pierce ran unopposed. I had gone back eight years previous and looked at the uh, Susana race, which was pretty crowded. And I thought, and they had about 120,000 people vote except what we're seeing now, the trend is 
We're expecting maybe high 60s, maybe low 70,000 people. There's not a lot of enthusiasm. No, no. And, and that's running counter to the rest of the country that's out there going you crazy. You see Georgia? Georgia, everybody's voting. I, mean, I, I don't. I think people went three times just to make sure that they vote or they had so much fun they were voting. And then they would say, well, 2,000 mules. Right. I'm like, I don't really care if they're cheating or not. I'm going to go vote and vote and vote and vote and vote. Right. And we're not seeing that here yet. But well, well get, we get people motivated. You, you're, you're telling people take a friend and, right. you know. And, right, by so the way, adult beverages, we call them beers. <laughs> I was stealing that from Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> Remember he used to do yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So numbers. Let's say we get... Uh, Let's say it's 80,000 votes, which would be a little higher than what people are expecting. All right, so we've got five people in the race. 40% probably wins. That's 32,000 votes I need, Eddie. How big is your audience? Well, don't put it on me. I don't buy the numbers because, you know, I, I have a very loyal following. I, you do. These are people that I care about. They know I care about them. They get mad when I'm not on the radio. I know. Or they don't get to hear from Dowd. Right. They, they love their Dowd 3000. And so this is on me. Right. You know, Kiva audience, you've listened to me for five years. If if I haven't earned your vote, that's on me. But if you was listening, you've thought, you know, this guy'd be a good governor. I don't care how much money the other sides have spent on this thing. Go take two, three, five friends and go vote for me because if you only need thirty-two thousand votes and this audience is probably north of thirty thousand dollars, thirty thousand people at any given time. Wait a minute, how many are registered to vote? Oh, I don't know, probably 60% of them. Okay, how many will vote? How, how many are Republicans? You start to do that number and you say, wait a minute, this audience is enough to get, what, Zanetti halfway home, a third of the way home? It's a pretty big percentage. And then you look out there, and I know you want to hear about this, but I was on KKOB for decades. Same thing. Either they know me or they don't. And if they know me and they say, that's on me, I trust this guy. I'm going to go vote for him regardless of the commercials. People right. trust you, Greg. Right. It's, right. it's a weird thing. But the people who are going against you, and I don't forgive Jay Block's camp for doing it, I really do appreciate the fact that Jay Block is mentioning you every five seconds in the debates. Is, is, it, is that what kind of goes through your brain? It's kind of interesting. Like, oh, my friend Greg, my friend Greg. And I, and I just say, you know what, Jay? You should have been that person all along. Yeah. Not this person now. Because politics is ugly. Yeah, and we, to slime somebody's character, and to slime them literally with verbal things that come out your mouth and the Bill Gates and all this and have your handlers do that and send out these fake text messages and stuff. And, and I don't know who did that, but it, I, it, it's so ugly. And that is what has killed our party. Right. We have so many factions within our party. Greg, uh, you won me over probably within the first couple of weeks of me meeting you. You know, I went and I specifically told Jay, I said, why don't you go talk to Greg Zanetti? Here's his number. I made the introductions between you two. Right. And I said, Jay, pick up the phone. And, uh, Jay Block, pick up the phone and call Greg Zanetti. See if you still want to go ahead and run for governor of the state of New Mexico. I knew the best man didn't win down in Rio Doso. I knew that. Right. Because I know you. And I know Jay. And I know um, Rebecca. Right. Uh, I don't know Mark Ronchetti uh, very well at all. But, and then uh, Ethel's been here one time. Uh, I don't really know her that well, but I can tell you, I know what is going to make our state a better state. I know who can make our state a better state. When you drill down on those numbers, I'm convinced, you're convinced, these people who are listening today need to be convinced. This is the most important recording you've ever made on my radio station. I agree. By far. It's not even close. Right. Because okay? now you're, you're, you're not dilly-dallying anymore. 
you've got literally two weeks from yesterday. Right. Okay. And then let's just, we're going to play this several times. Okay. In all honesty, I don't want you to, I almost don't even want you to come in back in. Okay. You just need to be back out onto the, uh, the campaign trail and, and, and people need to know who you are. You don't have the name recognition, but my gosh, you've got every single other attribute here. And best of all, what do you say, Sun Tzu? Know your enemy. Nobody right. knows the enemy like right. you do. And right. Greg, I want to wish you well for those next two weeks. I will have you in at least one more time. But all right. with all that being said, um, you know, there's not much more that we can really kind of lay out. We've touched upon all the issues, jobs, economy, all of these things. And, and my friend, I think you're a stellar candidate in every, in every regard. I will, uh, going back to Greg Grisham, um, I know horses well. Really? I am very, very good at picking winners. There it's amazing. Go. I'm not good at trifectas. <laughs> I'm not good at superfectas. I'm not good. I don't bet those. That's not what I'm good at. What I'm really good is at reading the race. You never bet the horse. You bet the race. It's an interesting thing. When you go to a horse race, you want to know conditions. You want to know length. You want to know dosage, which is basically like a breeding index. You want to know whether or not they're bred for that, that, that length. You want to know trainer. Huh. You want to know jockey. Huh. Right? Trainers, jockeys, and all these things. There's so many factors that go into the race. Time of year. We have seasons too. These are all things that, 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 that basically generally go. There's no, this is it, all new to me, by the way. I'm not a horse race guy. I so. grew up at the racetrack. My dad grew up the racetrack. I mean, we used to hang out all the time with some of the biggest names that in town and you could figure out a lot uh, about people just by how they better race. You see people are just spending money and just throwing money at the teller, $200, you know, it's like this, like, no, no, you go to the paddock, put your hands in your pocket. You don't look at the form because you've already did the form. You did the form last night. You know exactly what looks good and what looks got. And then you look for reasons to disqualify the other horses to remove the doubts out of your brain. That's what you do. It's whittling down. There's 10 horses in there. Six of them are made for that race, right? Right. Then you got to get rid of three other horses before you get there. And then you're whittling down to like three. I would, I would guarantee you four out of five times I have crossed the winner in my last two. The last two, I've whittled it down to the final two. Oh, I should have bet the race that way. Should have bet the race right, this way. Sure. I don't bet. One of the things I don't do is I don't gamble. Never. I don't like gambling. I've lived in Vegas. <laughs> Weird, right? right? So my dad's a gambler. He loves right. gambling. That's just what he's, he knows. He has a knack for numbers. You've seen him. Right. He's amazing. Oh, yeah. No, you've got an amazing dad. But like looking at this, I say to myself, okay, I look at the race. I see the conditions. I know that in a general election, head to head, with the conditions, with the dosage index, and then, of course, knowing your opponents, right? right? I know that you will win. You will absolutely win in the general. There is zero doubt in my mind. And it just so happens that your very first part of your title is Brigadier General right. Greg Zanetti. So I'm proud of you. Thanks for sticking your hat in the ring. Uh, I, uh, I'd like to say may the best man win, but I already know that you're the best man. I don't have to say anything else uh, other than that. And uh, you know that I have uh, interfaced with other people in the campaign. I'm glad you're not this uh, sort of, uh, you get a lot of these candidates. Well, I heard you were saying something nice about that. I thought you were behind me. I'm like, oh, what is that about? I've never done that to you. Never. And I never I'm will. Like, 
I think we need to grow the pie. Right. I think we need all of our people. We need right. all of our resources. We need all everybody to come in. But the moment you start tearing things up to build yourself up, I will tear you down. And boy, I bring it. And it was yeah. a lot of fun uh, kind of cutting up. And I, I cut up on you a little bit too. I'm like, we've been using this for five years, <laughs> three years, two years. I don't even know how long. And we yeah, can turn the microphone. <laughs> and, and what's enough of Maharge? I don't even know. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, you're I great, Greg. <laughs> yeah, Same you can take it. And uh, you're going to need to because uh, the men uh, with the thickness, uh, thickest, thickest skin uh, generally right. uh, perform well in boy there's no tougher job i think anywhere in the entire state uh than running uh and and running you know and, and being it's governor not about summer. us it's about them yeah. how are we going to help the people of new mexico we're all flawed messengers <sighs> right yeah but it doesn't are. mean you can't have a great message all right let's go out to a little abba how about that, that sounds and, like uh, a thanks deal. everybody God for listening and uh how do people get involved with your oh. campaign Go to zanetti4governor.com, Z-A-N-E-T-T-I, for governor, just run it all together, dot com. Kind of the omega, right? Yeah. The omega, if you will, of, of the, the Z. People don't oftentimes know that. The last letter of the Greek alphabet, omega. Omega. So we'll call it the omega campaign. How about that? Yeah, I like it. All right. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, see you tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in on AM600 KIVABQ.FM.